listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. and my focus is on acting. I'm also a writer and producer and a photographer. Uh, anything that's vertical in media, I do. But uh, what you would know me for and what I have the most experience in and I've made the most money in and, and so forth and spent the most time doing and have the, the, the largest, um, the broadest spectrum of expertise is acting. I am... What you might know me from, you might know me from, if I get recognized, I, I still get recognized from <laughs> Drumline, which is 15, 16 years ago now. But um, more recently, I've been involved, uh, done a couple episodes of uh, the Emmy Award winning series Atlanta, a uh, recurring character by the name of Devion Johnson. And uh, what I have coming up this fall, I have a series uh, that I've been the lead in. It's called The Baxters. Uh, this is a Lightworkers, MGM, Will Packer Media production uh, that stars uh, myself, uh, Ali Cobran, uh, Trevor Donovan, Roma Downey, uh, Ted McGinley. Uh, it should be a cool project, and that'll be out this fall. That is fantastic, man. Will Power Packer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. So thank you so much for... Um, being patient with us, we've been trying to put this on the books for like a year and, and we are so excited to, to have you join us and just glean a little bit of your experience and perspective. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and then hopefully somebody will hear something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's dive right in. So um, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome as a actor and how did you overcome it? I think for me, um, the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome was confidence. And confidence, I had confidence, like the, like the regular kind of confidence. Like I had confidence walking down the street. I had confidence with, uh, with women. I had confidence with authority figures. I had confidence in general. But I didn't have that immediate confidence and that intense confidence that you need to create something mm. or that you need to say that you need to claim it right like so i had confidence that i knew i could and i would but i didn't have confidence that i should yes. like now. i know i didn't have the confidence that that my time was now and that's very very different um, than the other type of confidence, which I, I think um, to some degree was prohibitive for me. Like I think the way that I thought about things is like, okay, well, if I go through this and I go through that and I and I do this and I struggle this way and it's hard and I and I grit my teeth and I starve and I don't eat any food and 
and I, and I can't shave and I can't afford to do this and that. Like I felt like to some degree that there was some merit and there is inherently in that experience. If you live through that, then you, you're probably, if you come through on the other side of that, you're probably going to be prepared for something right. better than what you've been living through. But my, my original mindset coming in was that this was something that work even the idea of just getting work and not mm. starving artists was something that I had to suffer for. Right. Over time, I would watch, I would see other actors, creatives, etc. especially after I've been in the game for a while, I would see the guys who would come in and take off. Literally, <laughs> literally spend six months on the launch pad and then into the, into the stratosphere. Yeah, you work and, with one of them, uh, Lakeith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but for me, what I noticed is the, the, the big difference was that the level of expectation, and that for me equated to confidence. So that if somebody says to me today, Brandon specifically, what is it that you want? I have the confidence to answer that without being afraid of not achieving it. That's that's huge. It, it's it, it's it's everything. It's literally the difference for me in my career and other people's that I know too. Is like the difference for me in being able to. My wife works, so I, I say I say support loosely, just in case she <laughs> this whole thing. But I am able to both contribute. I'm a homeowner. I have two children, and nobody here is hungry. Boom. And that was not that would not have been possible with the mindset that I had coming into this. Yeah, that's that's huge. So so fast forwarding from there, sort of coming through the other side of that transition in your own heart and in your own mind, what would you say is the biggest challenge you're facing right now? The biggest challenge that I face right now is to some degree making up for the lost time that, that for the making up for the time that I spent I, th I think the biggest challenge that I have right now is making up for quote unquote lost time and, and so I'm a I am a live in the present person I'm a positive person uh, in terms of you know I, I, I adhere to the tenets I, I do affirmations I, I believe in law of attraction. I believe in specificity, vision boards, list, like I, the whole, <laughs> right? So I, I get the meta, I get the metaphysical aspect of creativity, but I also have to acknowledge that it probably, if I had come into the game, and very, and listen, very few people do. That's why the game is the way it is, and that, and that's in any field, whether you're a doctor or your lawyer, whatever it is. A lot of times it takes people to get to 30 before they have enough life experience to say, oh, this is what I was missing. Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest challenge is staying focused on where I am now in such an intense way that the past falls away. Yeah. And so I guess I guess the biggest challenge I, I feel like this might be redundant, but the biggest challenge is is being focused and specific, um, knowing where I've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think that's, I think I personally have lived that, uh, what you're describing, that challenge um, where um, I could tell you in my story through this, uh, through creativity and, and in this creative world and industry that, that I've tried to be a part of in a meaningful way, um, that lack of specificity, that detour I took um, um, where I went to go do something else, uh, because the prize was bigger, uh, uh, <laughs> in some people's eyes than in my own, <laughs> uh, making those choices, uh, had cost me a lot of time. And then you get to where I'm at now, my age now. And I say, oh my gosh, time is the only non-renewable resource. And there is nothing, there's nothing above it. Nothing above how you use your time and everything else falls away um, in comparison to it. So I, I love that. Um, while we're talking um, uh, somewhat spiritually here, <laughs> we, we, I might ask you uh, this one. So, so what are the two best pieces of advice you've received so far in your career and who did they come from? Uh, the first um, best piece of advice I got. One that jumps out was that, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the piece of advice. The piece of advice was you don't have to do everything. Mm. The, that came from my acting coach. Uh, he still coaches actors in, um, in studio city, uh, Alan Feinstein. He's a, a brilliant, uh, film and television actor, brilliant stage actor as well. It's one of the reasons I, I went to him. I wanted to be able to take what I was doing in his studio class and be able for that to translate to any media. Uh, so I had done this. Uh, I got laid off from my, my part time job. Uh, it was like January 2nd. I don't remember the year now, but it's been almost maybe 11 or 12 years now. Mm. And so I said, OK, I had done this commercial in the past year. So I went in. I filled out my my unemployment. <laughs> I filled out my unemployment <laughs> papers and I. Uh, and I accepted the benefits that were due to me by the laws of the land. And I said, well, what can I do with this? You know, I went and told him immediately. I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to come to class. And he said, hey, don't worry about that. You need to come more often. And which is great. So I said, what else can I do? I said, oh, well, you know what? I can do plays now because my evenings were free. I was it was a food service sort of setup that I was working at. So now my evenings are free. So I can start auditioning for plays. So that means I can start to, you know, fine tune my instrument. I can, you know, uh, you know, study and work and, and, and all this type of stuff and, and really get into it. So in about a, you know, an eight month, eight month period, I did six, seven plays. Hmm. Now, mind you, this is the majority of this was uh, what they call 99 seat theater. Uh, shows and this was in Los Angeles. So, a lot of these shows were either low pay or no pay. Most of them being uh, no pay, mm -hmm. and most of them reflecting uh, the concept that you get what you pay for. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, these were not. Most of these shows weren't very good. Uh, I, I got to learn how to project. I got to learn how to move on stage. I got to work with a lot of brilliant people who were doing whatever they're doing now and, and that sort of thing. Great. Well, it got to the point to where 
you know, after so many years of no's and not being able to participate at the level that I wanted to participate, whether it was holding down the part-time job, et cetera, I was literally saying yes to everything. Yeah. Anything that they would allow me to do, whether it was on film or on, on stage. And I guarantee you there's stuff out there now, should I ever become famous, that will come back up and I just won't have a comment for like, I, like if it, if it if it ever turns into a meme on anything, I'll <laughs> have to ignore it because there were things out there or that I've done on tape that I just oh my gosh man that's that's horrible the production's horrible I don't want to see it ever again right and same thing was for theater now I would invite my acting coach all the time it was part of my say hey man look at me you know I'm I'm doing and I'm working things out I want your opinion and this and that and eventually. <laughs> Uh, there was one show that was this sort of nonsensical um, romp into this, uh, I don't know, this minimalistic black box theater with a bunch of jelly. Everybody, everybody in the show was a junkie or a pimp or a prostitute. It was just weird. This, you know, weird like stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He came and he saw that show and I said, man, you know, What'd you think? And he and he had his doodle pad, and he'd always go back and forth on his doodle pad, and uh, he sort of looked up at me and he said, "No, uh, you don't have to do everything." <laughs> I knew what he was talking about. I felt it throughout the rehearsal for that production. I felt it uh, in a couple of my previous shows, not from him, but just the process. It was stale. We get into a point to where okay. I, maybe I've taken what I need to take from this. So you don't have to do everything. Now, since then, now that was in that particular instant, but that, that stuck with me. For some right. reason, That those words, oh, it's okay to say that's not right for me. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to not be invited to the party sometimes. Because that party, everybody might get arrested. The house might get burned down. Um... You know, anything, anything could happen at that party. So somebody might pee on a cop. <laughs> yeah, they say some. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You can't go to every party. The other bit of advice that I got that really, you know, sometimes this this advice, and even when he gave me that advice, I, I wouldn't say that it was like the most profound thing that I had ever heard. I was an avid reader, still am. A little bit less. Uh, two young ones. They, I read a lot of books. Um, with one syllable words now. Um, but and so it didn't strike me as profound, particularly profound in the moment. But going forward, it just kept coming back up. The second bit of advice was the same thing. Um, I was having a conversation with a producer, and her name is um, Autumn Bailey Ford. Mm-hmm. And she said to me something. Uh, it was about we were talking about one of her projects and one of my projects. We were sharing our project slates and that sort of thing and, and seeing where everybody's head was. And she said something to me. She said, you know, not all money is good money. Mm-hmm. And I've heard her say it a few times since. And she's, she's very active on social media. And so I've heard her say it a few times. And it's come up to me as well on projects that I've either produced on or been offered as an actor or when I'm counseling or working with coaching, training, whatever it is, other actors, not all money is good money. And I'll tell you how that actually came into play. The, uh, recently, uh, this year, 
I was offered a a part in a commercial, and it was a guy that I've uh, I've worked with before uh, that I know from from around town, and uh, great guy, great pro. You know, he's a guy that you know. He's like, man, whatever you call me, let's let's do it. Right. And that was essentially my answer to him. I said, okay, great. Just what, what are the dates? Okay, cool. Just send me the info. No dialogue sort of thing. So I'm like, okay, cakewalk, easy money. And so uh, Wardrobe reaches out to me a couple of days later. And, and, I'm, and I look on the, on the sheet that she sent out, and it says who the actual client is. So I looked at it, and I was like, it literally made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. <laughs> right? So the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up, and I'm like, I can't do this. Now, and that's the very diff- that's for me very difficult. I, I take. Are re- you are you able to say who the client was? I. Hey, listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I would prefer not, just because the, the dots might connect. Um, I have to, to I have to ask, but if you can't do it, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would tell you what, and I probably I can, but I would prefer not to. No problem. Um, it was a, it was a terrific resolution. But let's say this though, um, I needed the money at the time. Mm. I mean, I, I literally, it's like, I, I, like I said, I, I wife, two kids, like there's no amount of money that's not appealing to me right now. Right. Right. <laughs> so to, to make that choice, I knew that I was making a huge character choice for myself. Like it wasn't something that I had passively. It was like, it's like, Oh, if I do this, I know that I will come out if I don't. Excuse me. If I if I decline this project, I'm going to be a better man on the other side of this. Right. If I take this money, I'm going to burn through it. Mm. And now, I, love that, I love that choice of words as well. Burn through it. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah. couple of different ways to take it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's crazy, and that's and that's how. And that's what, and that's literally how it would have been. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's and so I, I, so I did. I, I let that. Uh, I had the conversation with the producer, and I voiced my concerns. And and it was, it was just something that, on principle, that I couldn't get down with. It's something that I don't. Believe. It was a product and a service and an industry um, that is has questionable practices, um, has been accused of being uh, predatory. Uh, against minorities and obviously and people of lower income, uh, it's a financial it's a financial services brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to myself, I said, you know what? Especially recently, in the last two or three years, and I think a lot of us have been become more and more socially and politically conscious, and realize that that we do have a voice, and the things that we do and and express, people are receiving them, and it is making the things that we express. It are, are creating impressions on other people. It matters. It, it does. And uh, something that I couldn't do. And that was and that was that saying is what jumped in my head that day was that not all money is good money. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, listen, I, I turned that job down and then, you know, I think within a month or so I, I was actually, you know, uh on set doing uh doing what I was supposed to be doing with the Baxters. You know? So yeah. I don't uh you know, it 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 comes around. When it's yours, it's yours, and when it's not, it's not. But I, I think not all money is good money. It was very, very important for me. For me, yeah, I love it. So now 
having all these experiences, and I know you had way more than two, so I, I appreciate you sort of combing through the last decade and a half to sort of pull out two. Uh, what would you give as one piece of advice to an actor today? Read. I would say to read, and I, this is, I have, and this is something that I found, and I've actually actually heard this on uh, on one of your previous uh, episodes with 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 Chris Winty, mm-hmm. and so much of the things that you have to learn to be a uh, uh, an artist with integrity uh, transcend the arts. They transcend this business. They transcend uh, whatever modality you'd like to try to fit it in. And reading is something that I feel, in terms of empathy, is second to none. You can be anywhere. You can learn anything. You know, if you can, you know, if you get to sixth grade and you can read at a sixth grade level, you can pretty much open up almost any book. You know, there are books about medicine and science and math that pretty much go beyond that. But almost most books, uh, you can read almost and learn almost anything you want in terms of reading empathy. You know, something I learned, I'll tell you what, I read an, I was reading a, an, a, an autobiography, excuse me, it wasn't an autobiography, it was a biography about Napoleon. And the biographer was suggesting that because of the island that Napoleon was born on, he spoke French with a more Italian accent than it was French. I would have never, ever even imagined that. Now, I'll go to another component. Another component is this idea that more so than uh, any other medium, Reading requires your participation as a co-creator. You are required to use your imagination to engage physically, to engage mentally, to engage spiritually on a creative level. You're forced. You know, we go see we're all we're here because we love film and we're here because uh, we love performance. And that, you know, I think, you know, music is the most one to one, most first person guy singing a song on stage. He's singing that song to you (laughs) and uh, acting and theater and, and dance. And a lot of times those things, those things are for you to watch. So you're the third person in that setup. But you are 50 percent of the creative process, if not more, probably more. Um, in a well-written book, you'll be guided. And I think, you know, we'd, we'd be, uh, we'd be amazed at how similar the experience. So if I read a book and you read a book, we'd probably be amazed at how similar say, Hey, yeah, I imagine it the exact same way, but there are little singular, there are little nuances in between the things that we imagine the same way that, are completely unique to the individual digesting it. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. Yeah, and what that what that does for your imagination in terms of the creative vehicle, right? Like I would say, read, 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 read. The more you can know, then the more you're going to be able to um, make educated guesses about. And this is uh, I'm going to relate this to acting. 
you, the more you're going to make be able to make educated guesses about behavior, about accents, about body language, about the psychology that underlies all of those things. So if you don't read, you know, um, I think you'd, you'd be at a huge, I, mean, I think you're at a huge disadvantage in any field. But as an actor, I would say uh, read everything you can possibly read in long form. In long form. We, we get bombarded, we get satisfied with our two-minute blogs that we have now. But I think it's important to sit down. It's also good for your attention span, your attention span, your vocabulary, the way that you handle language. So many things can come from that. But I say reading, reading, reading is – if I had one thing, read a book. Uh, I love that. And the point you made earlier about us all seeing the book in a similar way, but there'll be nuanced ways in which we see it differently. I've always felt that was the phenomenon behind not liking the movie version of your favorite book, because you already, without knowing it, filmed the movie, cast the movie all in your brain. And now someone's taking your movie and bastardized it and now you're pissed so that's so it. it's like it's that's like, it. it's like oh that's, that's, not, that's not the movie i wrote and shot and, cast and then you think, of, you think in terms of equity and energy as well think about how much energy you know you have to invest in mm-hmm. in focus and concentration in time to read a book i mean there are some books i mean well i guess if you sit down and you're reading at a high clip and you're not sub vocalizing meaning you're not actually hearing the words in your mind you're actually reading a little bit faster than that if you're reading faster than that, there, I guess a book might take you eight to 10 hours. So that's five times what it would take you, four to five times what it would take you to watch a movie. And none of that is done for you. Mm-hmm. The, like I said, the cast hasn't been selected. The environs haven't been, like, literally, you're building walls in the matrix of your mind Every time you hit a new word, every time you go to a new paragraph, every time you hit a new chapter, you've literally created something unique. And that exercise for a creative or anybody who wants to do anything, who wants to take zero and make it 10 or make zero and make it 100 or make zero, take take zero and make it a million. Like you have to have that well-oiled imaginative machine. Yeah. Fantastic. And and so you kind of touched on it a little bit in, in your advice you gave, because to give the advice to read uh, almost implies that there are people that you know that aren't reading or aren't reading enough. But uh, I'll ask anyway, uh, what are the biggest creative and business mistakes you see newcomers making? I think one of the biggest um, I, I think one of the biggest creative mistakes Okay, I'm gonna tell you. I tell you what. Okay, this is. I think these two things can go hand in hand. Now, if you approach this, and this, I did this. I approached it as a creative. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna be the best actor I can possibly be, and the business will come to me." That didn't lead me. It led me over time through discovery and probably in the most inefficient way. It led me to the business. Because I had to. I was like, hey, this is not this is not what I was I, I signed on for. Mm-hmm. But if you approach it from a business perspective, meaning that you organize your thoughts as a professional, if you approach it 
and say, hey, I want this to be the best it can possibly be, you will approach the development of your craft differently than if you do it as something that is a I feel like this idea, you know, we, we say, all right, I'm a creative and I'm an artist, right? And then it becomes like this self-indulgent, indulgent, like 10 years. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, what am I doing? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? How does this, you know, what is what does this do for me? And how does it, oh, man, and uh, you give me, I need space, I need time, and all of this stuff. Well, if you approach it as a business, you might take those things, but business, a business mindset, a professional mindset, when you approach it with a professional or a business mindset, you set goals. Mm-hmm. You have processes. You have best practices. All of those things will in quick time lead you to, well, where's the, where's the best acting class? Mm-hmm. Because you want to be able to deliver the best product. And you want to be able to deliver on everything that you're promising your customer, your client. If you approach it as a creative first, if you approach it as a creative first, it will take you years before you get out of your own head. At least I'll say this is for me. I just didn't say it will take you, but I did too. It would take me and I know it would take other people years to get out of their own way. And the pain of not knowing the business would affect them in such a profound way that either they'd have to quit and go home, stop, whatever it is, or they would actually have to learn about the business. But now at that point, they've invested seven years, and maybe they have the experience to go along with that, maybe so. But I think if you approach it as a business, um, I think the craft will come along a little bit faster, and I've seen guys who've done that. Yeah, I've told this story sort of ad nauseum in the past. but you know, Nick and I's entry into film on a regional level, and at least in Nashville and LA, just came from sitting down with people and asking them, "Who's the best director you know? Okay, who's the best actor in town? Who's the best producer in town? Uh, who are the people who fund movies in town?" So just these questions over coffee, and we're buying people lunch, we're buying people coffee. There's a, you know a small investment involved in all of it, right? But at the end of it, we were able to have this common list and then literally go out, call those people and say, hey, can we invest in your movie? And or can we can we be involved in this? Can we consult? Can we do, you know, so this is kind of how uh, it happened, taking it from that business approach and getting to the craft faster than we would have gotten if we tried to take it. Uh, the other way around, like you mentioned. So it's that is that really hits home for for me, and I know Nick would would probably say the same thing. So um, let me, let me okay, may, I, may I add like in, this is the thing. It's like it's not that like I've I've forsaken. <laughs> and somebody will hear this, and some people that know me, and I, I don't do everything anymore. But mm-hmm. it's not not that I've forsaken the creative process or anything like that for the business mindset. But the whole idea is to get to a level. Um, and whatever that level is of success for yourself, however a person, an individual might define that, to get to a level that you can enjoy it as quickly as possible so that you can enjoy it as long as possible. Yeah. Yep. You know, if, if, I spend, <laughs> if I spend 50 years trying to get to the happy place, then I got 20 years left on, on earth to enjoy it. Well, let's get there. Let's get there by 40. Let's get there by 30. 
so that I can have 50, 60 years to enjoy it. And who knows, who knows, like once I've, once I've gotten my 10,000 hours in this and once I've done what I wanted to do in this, then what do the people do? They start clothing lines. They start nonprofits. They go on speaking tours. They write books. They do all of these other things that were near and dear to their hearts. Yeah. You know, so much time, like, uh, you know, not doing what we want to be doing because we're not approaching it the right way. Yeah, I love this question of how do I get to that 10,000 hours in 6,000 hours of effort? And uh, when people ask us, that's the right thinking. It's let's get there faster, enjoy it faster, but do it the right way. Yeah. Um, I, I know you have a background in, in teaching, so this might be a softball for you. But uh, let's see how you do. If, if you had one month to teach someone how to act, so to be just someone off the street, to someone who could act and do a great job, what would be the first three things you would teach them? The first three things. Um, I would teach them. I would give them a toolkit of. I would give them a toolkit to build their resiliency. Um. Meaning I would, I would, again, I would walk them down that path. A lot of, uh, the metaphysical law of attraction stuff, you know, I would teach them how to harness negative feedback energy for mm-hmm. good. Right now I would give them the toolkit. And again, I think this, I, I go back and forth with whether or not these things can be taught. I believe they can, but they can only be taught to the person who really, really wants to learn them, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think that would be at the top of the list. And having worked with actors, I found that that um, that toolkit is very, very uh, important in terms of building confidence. If the actor hasn't already been broken down. But my you know, question is: Is could you teach that in under a month? I don't know if I could teach it in under a month. I don't know. And that's, and that's it, it, putting a time on it like that is very, very difficult. <laughs> let's, let's run it back. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. Okay, now, I will say this. I did hear, you know, Chris, one of the things he mentioned was, uh, Chris went to, he, he, he mentioned the yes and. Mm-hmm. And I would absolutely co sign that. In terms of something, I, and I've done, I've done some of the improv training as an aftermath. Like I've uh, trained as an actor, then I went and did some of the, the improv intensives and that sort of thing. But that yes, and, that yes and was in short form the best, the fastest way to articulate all of the tenets from every other type of, every other type of training I've ever read about. Um, it just boiled it down. You have to agree and, and give agree and give and in that in in and of itself as an exercise um is the fundamental of what we're doing in a way that's practical you can actually do it so for for example um meisner has these exercises where you do uh, repetition right mm-hmm. well essentially the yes ands are repetition but you can build on them immediately there's a language, like some of the styles that worked in the 50s and the 60s, uh, whether it's method or, or whatever it is, or you know, whoever you subscribe to, whatever dogma he, you know, people get into, that doesn't work 
just in the same just in the same way that you know you had coal miners in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and in the same way that you might have had uh you know you might have had factory jobs in the 80s and the 70s we don't have that anymore mm-hmm. that doesn't work in this economy so if you're looking for that or if you're subscribing to that 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 way of thinking you're going to be very disappointed because that language does not necessarily translate to the time or to the situation in a world where we're, in a, we're, we're posting it anyway. I just, I'm, I'm tangenting a little bit, but that yes and is very, very valuable. And if I was, and if I could teach it uh, some semblance of it, I would. I, I've think, actually- it's, I think it's very true. I, I just watched the network uh, again for the first time in years, uh, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Network in the, in the seventies, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene at the end where um, one of the network executives is infatuated with uh, um, Meryl Streep, I believe, and um, he's going to leave his wife. And he's just sitting there smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he's cool. And the wife is going off and she yells back at him, I'm your wife, damn it. And I'm like, that language doesn't <laughs> that's, that is not how breakups happen anymore. And it, it actually made the scene funny when it was supposed to be, um, you know, deeply emotional and, and yeah. they, they hug it out and she looks him right in his eyes and said, you know, you're headed for, you know, terrible heartache. And he goes, I know it in yeah. <laughs> scene. And, um, I'm your, I'm your wife, damn it. Um, yeah. but that was, that was vernacular for then. So, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. So so let's just say we have number one as the, the toolkit. Okay. Right. And then let's say like you're incredible, uh, as as I know, and you're going to be able to do that in a month. Uh, <laughs> right. And number two is, is building upon the yes and. What What is the third thing you teach? Uh, the other thing that seemed to come up with a lot of actors was that um, – was observation. And this was a very practical. I had an exercise that I sort of devised that was a we would choose an object and we would reverse engineer the object. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea was to endow everything with something with something more important than we. So, for example, if I have a, if I have a glass, I have a glass of water here. The idea is to look at the glass or look and say, well, look at the water. And to start to think in terms of the water is like the water doesn't only exist in that glass. That water came from somewhere. And that water, so you might reverse that all the way so well, well, it came from the faucet. Well, from there it came from the water line. From there it came from the water treatment facility. From there it came from the the stream or the river. And from there that came from, you know, that came from the big river. And that came from either the uh, the mountains. You know, and that came from the mountains. And then what, where did that come from? And where did that evaporate? You know, that, that, that snow that fell on that ice. And how long has that been in the atmosphere? And reversing all the way down to wherever the molecules, like, uh, came together to create the water in the first place, wherever hydrogen and oxygen came together so that they could become whatever form they wanted to be. So that we start endowing run-of-the-mill objects with something more than what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you have a, you know, if I'm sitting in a chair and the chair says it's made in China, start to think about how that chair got here 
Think about the people that may have made that chair. Think about the life. And maybe that person is a is a completely passionate chair maker that we, you know, we get these chairs over there for a buck. You know, we pay twelve dollars for it. And you, we, you know, they made it for a dollar. That guy made ten cents. Think about the rice, the bowl of rice that he was eating and sharing with his children. While um, you have to be, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but think about, you know, think about those things to go to that depth. So this idea of um, reverse engineering uh, inanimate objects, uh, observation, and think of everything that way. And when you start to think of things that way, what happens? When things become three-dimensional, you become appreciative. And when you become appreciative, you become sensitive. And when you become sensitive, you start to hear and feel things that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And, when you're, and when that perspective broadens, then, the, then that imagination kicks in. And, and this, uh, I actually had fun. I, I always had a good time coaching through those exercises and, and seeing someone uh, run with it. Yeah, it's like, okay, get them to a certain point, and then they're like, okay, and then this, and they start to have fun. And that's what the, you know, having a, a functioning imagination is. It's, it's, it's really, it should be fun. Right. It completes the circle for them. And, yeah. and, and they're able just to let go and have fun and be who they can be. Yeah. Yeah. In the room, you know? So I think that's great. And by the way, I, I don't know, I had a brain fart and totally lost it. Uh, Meryl Streep was not in that movie, by the way, it was, um, it was, uh, Faye Dunaway, I believe. Faye okay. Dunaway. Sorry. In the network. <laughs> it's like, what, what am I talking about? Ben, it's but, been a while since yeah, the, the network. Yeah. The seventies. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really great, uh, approach. Um, because I think, um, if I had to take your list and kind of break it down, you're, you're really, um, you're really focused on how, they are going to approach the person they're acting with and then let that inform who they are. So if I look at like power of attraction and the things in the toolkit, it's all about how you interact with the world. If I think about yes and it's agree and, and, and grow, like agree and give, okay, that's someone else in the room. You see what I mean? So um, almost how you play off the other person improves your performance. It sounds like, you know, in your opinion. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, the first thing is uh, for, for me, and I think most actors, is we have to remove the limitations. And this goes back to my confidence thing. Um, it, we have to remove the limitations that we put on ourselves um, to get there. So there are things that, uh, another bonus gem from my acting coach uh, a while back, and he said, man, you know, once you do these things, once you once you do nudity, once you do <laughs> the, the, once you do the kissing and all of those things, you can make a choice. You can make a choice whether you want to do them more or whether you never want to do them again. But until you do them, no choice has been made. Uh. And so, so many times we as actors will rest on our upbringing, our morals, our religions, and all of these things and say, well, I don't do that or I don't do this. It's like, well, if you're expanding in one direction, so if you say, if you have a breakthrough as an actor, uh, let's say you, you're, you're big emotions, so you get violent, right? Let's say the further you go with that, that also opens up uh, 
was conversely. So mm-hmm. if I have a, a so if I have anger, well then the soft emotions have also opened up. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately they're all the same thing. We call them different names. The only reason we call them different names is because they're in different situations, they're different scenarios. But for the most part, the emotion itself is all essentially the same. Our bodies may do different things as evolution prepares us for what's at hand. But that swirl that you feel in your stomach is basically the same as when you're in love, as when you are in a fight, as when you are hungry. Mm-hmm. This all your survival, it's all your viscera telling you, say, something's got to happen right now. And we only we label it and we call it something else. But that, that that those things can be prohibited. We want to let go. We want to relinquish the limitations that we put on ourselves to both feel and express certain things. Once we've done that, once we break through those things as an actor, again, you can start to make choices. You don't have to do everything. But if you want to break through and you want to be the best actor you can be, you need to know where what your limitations are. Right. And you don't find out what your limitations are unless you push those limitations and sometimes go past them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, um, and and that's why when I've heard that in the past, I've always thought, but wait, you know, you uh, you are you're an actor. So so why put a limit on the roles you can play in the different ways you can express? And when you talk about anger and love and. Uh, the reason we call them by different names is because they have different body language and tone as we express them. So to not to be an actor and not want to actually um, understand and be able to project the full range of your emotions has always been an odd, odd choice to me. Um, speaking of, of what creatives do, I'm curious, what are the creatives that you most admire and want to emulate and what did they do from a skill standpoint or a talent standpoint or technical standpoint that makes their work stand apart? I, I'm a big fan. I've always been a real physical um, actor myself. So I always really connected with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, and that's because of his capacity to, um, in my eyes, to leave himself behind. I expound upon that. That's an interesting concept. I, I think. I, I think there's a. I get the sense when I when I watch him work, that he's not thinking about himself. And and I'll and I'll and I'll, and I'll draw another parallel to to somebody else um, who probably most people probably be a little bit more familiar with, but um, but with Denzel. The reason we love Denzel is because he sits in a chair and uh, as a buddy of mine said one time, he's like, he could pick his teeth and we watch that all day long. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good at being himself in an imaginary set of circumstances. But I think the same thing now, now, now um, in terms of how outlandish the characters might be the the depth of the physicality and they're basically there's just a, they just have different careers but i think what's reflected to me anytime that i see somebody working is that if the person has completely forgotten like you if you you lose like you lose it like there are times like here's how i here's how i judge my work when i can watch my work and forget that i'm watching myself 
Mm-hmm. Then that's how that's how I know I did my job. Oh wow! If I can, if I'm still if I'm still caught up in looking like mm, eh, technical stuff, technical stuff, technical stuff. Ah, uh, you shouldn't have blinked there. Shouldn't have blinked there. Shouldn't have blinked there. Like so, for time, there are times where I'm trying to pull footage for my reel. Uh, there have been times <laughs> where I'm trying to pull footage for my reel, and I'll literally I'll watch for 15 seconds, and then all of a sudden. I look up and it's like I'm 45 seconds in or I'm a minute in and it's like, dang, I got to go back and watch it because I start watching the scene. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm right. Not, not flawless, not perfect. I haven't cracked the code all the way or anything like that. But that's how I know that it's working for other people. When I can forget, when I'm specifically looking for something wrong and I end up watching the scene, that's how I know. And, I, and I, that's what I see with a Daniel Day-Lewis, um, again, particularly with his his physicality. There's a commitment in terms of physicality that uh, that doesn't, uh, that I don't think a lot of actors have. I mean, we, a lot of actors are acting in the frame that you see me in on Skype right now, which is, you know, shoulders up. And a lot of guys are, it's, you can train, you can learn the technical components of acting on film. That right. is something that's very marketable and very profitable. I know guys have made a lot of money just being good at blinking their eyes and not wrinkling their brow sometimes. You right. know? Right. Just controlling those nonverbals. Yeah. I Oh, and uh, in that same vein, I'll give you another one. Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorites. She, I mean, she's uh, she plays she plays men. Great. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, she does. Ever, I mean, she. There's nothing. I always feel like she's our generation's Meryl Streep. You know. Yeah. yeah. She, she's fan, she's fantastic. And the thing I'll say about Daniel Day, and I've been watching him since I was a kid, and before I could even appreciate him, I've always said he's in the best entrepreneurial movie of all time, or at least top top two or three, which is uh, There Will Be Blood. <laughs> I watched it. Today. I watched it the other day. Recently, people don't realize that's a movie about being an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot of things, but it's if you want to know what it takes, what it takes, watch that movie. It starts what? with his ass in the ground, <laughs> digging right. in the dirt. Right, <laughs> and a, and like what a, like a man dies in the first five minutes because because he, he has to work through this process. Like, how do you get this oil out of the ground safely? Yeah. You know, like, and you're doing everything yourself. You're defending your product. You're, you know, you're weighing your silver, you know, all the stuff that he was doing back this So, so if you're entrepreneurial in nature, which I hope you are, if you're independent, creative, listening to, the, to this, go mm-hmm. watch There Will Be Blood if you haven't seen it and uh, take the ride. It's worth it. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing film. Uh, we have come upon our last question, Brandon. Oh, cool. Okay, I've had a blast. I know it's been it just flew by on us, and um, you you've been uh just a joy to talk to and and listen to. You have um you have a ton ton of wisdom. We might have to do a, a round two, uh, if you're if you're open to it. Absolutely, anytime, man. Um, in your opinion, what are the top three online resources for actors? Um, I, I think one of the, I think backstage is always a good one. I mean, it was a, it was a good one where, you know, when and where you can get it in print still, mm-hmm. but as far as like the actual, Hey, you're an actor. This is what this person is saying about the thing that you're thinking about. Um, they have 
probably the broadest. I don't know if it's a subscription. I think you can subscribe to it still online, but they have is the most direct. It's like, hey, this subject, you're an actor, read it, and it'll help you. I always I love Backstage West. You know, when I was in LA, and I'd read it all the time. I'd go to the newsstand. I'd make a special trip to the newsstand before I could afford a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make a special trip to the newsstand every. I think it was Thursday or Friday that they, the new ones would drop, and I, I made sure I had it. Um, the you know, if you're obviously if you're on uh, Actors Access. Uh, that's something that's important for you to have. Uh, your agent will walk you through that. Anybody who has an agent probably already has Actors Access. If you don't have an agent, you can sign up, and you know for a few books, get bucks, you can get your picture up there, and at least get in, in uh, at least get familiar with the idea of how breakdowns come down. I don't, you know, again, it's probably better for people to have an agent because once you sign, once you have an agent, they'll sign you up for free. So that's not such a you know unknown gem or anything like that. Um, People have to – I think IMDb is important, increasingly so, uh, especially in the age of social media because now you can start to connect the dots on, on your own. I, you know, I should take that back. Um, scratch actors' access uh, in terms of importance. Your agent will get to that whenever they get to that. Um, I think IMDb and IMDb Pro, uh, which is the, the paid subscription service – are great because you can go on there and you can look and say, all right, well, what companies are doing what, what's in, what's in development and all those sorts of things. And now that here's the tie in is that I believe that social media, uh, and the various platforms are equally as important. Uh, the people, you know, we've all been implored to start sharing and communicating how and what we're doing more because it does, it ultimately adds value. It affects my day rate. I mean, I may book, there are things that I book, directly through social media be it facebook twitter or instagram those are the three that i'm on um and if not people look on there and see the value i had a producer tell me the other day she said when i i used to think i was like man maybe brandon come out and be in one of our pieces but dang i think he looks expensive <laughs> and, and i'm like that's great i said that's great you know that you know it's so damn, damn right <laughs> yeah exa- exactly i was like that's 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 good that's good, and that's that's how it should be, you know. So uh, a carefully curated, you know, social media site, uh, whether you're working with a professional or on your own, or just taking notes off of the people who are working with professionals who run their own, um, you know, I think can be really beneficial. No matter what, no matter what level you're on. If you're if you don't have an agent, um, I, I met a girl the other day on set, and she said uh, all of her jobs, she just got an agent in um, in uh, in January. And but she was telling me, she's like, all of my modeling, which is something that actors sometimes do to pay the bills while they're working on getting their TV series. Um, she's like, all, all of her modeling gigs come from direct offers on Instagram. Wow. Wow. So I, so social media is increasingly important. I was, you know, as a creative, uh, I was immediately resistant to it. I did a day on on Meet the Brown Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns, uh, where I, I guest starred uh, as a pizza delivery boy, and everybody that I was connecting with on set that day. Now this is in 2010 or 2009, I think we actually recorded the, the show, and I didn't have fa- I wasn't on Facebook. I was anti social media. I, that's, <laughs> that's that's how creative. I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't want that, man. I'll, I'll give you what, what I give you. And that's what you'll get, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but everybody on set that day was like, all right, man, I'll just, 
you know, I was like, here, here's my card, right? And they were like, well, I'll just find you on Facebook. I was like, well, here's my card, man. I'm not on Facebook. They're like, yo, you got to get on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I heard that, those words, four times that day. Yeah. So I, like, so I came home. I got on Facebook. Like no the problem. universe pounding you over the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, increas- it's increasingly important. Unfortunately. I think, it, I think it's true. And and I don't know if it's unfortunate or fortunate. I just think the world moves slowly and we don't recognize when a market or a zeitgeist has changed until if, if we're really bad at perceiving these things until it's way, way, way too late. Um, I look at Instagram right now for what Nick and I do. And we have done everything. And and Brandon, this may be I may be talking a little bit out of school here. We, we have spent money to push <laughs> our email addresses to people and, uh-huh. we, and and yet and yet instagram beats email you know 2x instagram is for me for my money instagram is better and more valuable than facebook yeah yeah that's why facebook bought them <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean because <laughs> they realize it too and it's just I like have- it's like email email is almost like Okay, I want this service. Uh, the email means I'm a real person, whereas Instagram is 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 more personal. Uh, oh, I know you, so I can just I'll just DM you on Instagram. Why do I have to email you? That's weird. We're not, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. what is this? So, it, are we are we not even friends? Are we like cold associates? Should I email you? That's and then email you know, is a step is a step back. Social yeah. media is actually as actually for me too. The same way, it's like I'm doing. We communicated to set this interview up. We communicated on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We yeah. never changed email addresses. Yeah, or phone yeah. numbers, or phone numbers for that matter. Yeah, until until we had to. So that would be the exception. That I was going to say. There's one caveat to this, which is once you have done what you needed to do, let's say in the DMs on Instagram, <laughs> then, then phone numbers and email, you can take that next step. And then it doesn't seem cold and, and like a business transaction. It's more like, Oh, I need to exchange information that Instagram doesn't allow me to exchange easily. So let me go to email or man, I want to, I want to actually talk to this person further. Let's just exchange phone numbers so we can text or call. Right. Yeah. But now I think there's this world where social media connection is the first line of defense. And you have to pass that test first with the person before you can go to email. Nobody's just, nobody's just emailing you off the bat anymore. I, I mean, I ran, I ran into two people today. I went to a commercial audition today. Two people that I've never met in real life before who knew who I was from social media. That gave us a platform of commonality mm-hmm. she said she's well the first the first girl said hey i think i know you from social media and i said <laughs> what is your name let me check and see if that's true <laughs> turned out we were friends we struck up a conversation we went and we checked out each other's profiles we liked it now i will remember her forever mm-hmm. the other girl that i actually went in did the audition with I didn't, we didn't discuss social media. We were working on the the piece and preparing to go in and get the job. And literally I came back um, and she was, uh, she had just added to her story Mm -hmm. recently. 
Mm-hmm. And we are already friends on social media. There's somebody that I introduced myself to today. <laughs> yes, you know, so there's already a sense of familiarity and it matters. It does matter. Yeah. They yeah. get vetted. I had a client. I've had multiple clients tell me that, okay, great. We can look at your pictures, the ones that are photoshopped, retouched, and lit perfectly. And then we go for for things that matter how you look. Then we go and we see your social media so we can see what you look like in real life. Yep. 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 It, it's so funny how you reintroduce yourself to people that you already introduced yourself to in the, like in the real world, you say like, Oh, that's really you. Yeah. I already know you. I forgot. I knew you because you're on social yeah. media. I was in a coffee shop. I thought I saw someone I knew. I went to her Instagram and I DM'd her and said, Hey, uh, I see you over there. And <laughs> she immediately DM me back and said, Hey, not me. Um, but I love that place, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh man, you have a doppelganger. And I just don't see how that would have happened in email with a person that you know, but you don't know them well enough to have their phone number. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it was one of these things where, okay, that's awesome. That wasn't possible, you know, 15 years ago. So again, there, there's something, someone told me this, every time you give something, you take something away. So there's awesomeness with it, and I, but I do recognize, I, do, I am old enough to have the perspective to know that we are losing something with it, too. I just, ha- I just haven't been doing it long enough to know if it's going to be a, a detriment, you know, long term. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great conversation to have, man. And um, tell, tell, speaking of social media, my goodness, tell everybody where, where they can find you on the Internet and find your work or find you on social media. You can catch up with me. Uh, I don't. I do not have an actor page. You can f- friend me. I'm an actual <laughs> person still on Facebook uh, at Brandon Hirsch, H uh, I R S C H. Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, you can catch me at I am B Hirsch. That's I A M B H I R S C as in cat H. That's perfect. That's perfect. Brandon, this has been an absolute blast. And um, I can't wait to uh, catch up with you in person again, maybe at another fun premiere. And um, certainly hit us up on social media. And I'll see you out there uh, in the digital world and in the real world soon. But this has been great. Thank you so much, man. Right on, man. Keep fighting the good fight. We'll do it. Take care. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects, social media, and transcripts of this interview, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash podcast. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening.